Yo, welcome, welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. No matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this and you're tuned in to the only podcast that has no idea what pushing P means. And depending on how you kick it, that could be taken several different ways. Welcome to another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I am one half of the dynamic duo, A1. This is It's a Black and White Thing with A1 and A Ward. I'm one half of the dynamic duo, um, A1. You can call me Carlos. You can also call me Dan. Please remember you can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice, searching for Brands and Bars, and subscribing, rate, review, and subscribing. You can do the same thing by going to YouTube, um, subscribing, hitting that notification bell, and leaving comments there as well. You can also follow us on all social media by searching at Brands and Bars. That's by all social media. That is meant Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. We're not on TikTok yet. We're old men. We're not I'm not I'm not there yet. I know A Ward is on there because of branding and all that good stuff. I'm not on there yet. So um as always, I'm joined by my guy, my homie A Ward. What is up, my guy? What's up, my guy? What's up? A Ward, aka Trapper of the Year. Don't ever forget that. Anybody you ever met is not <laughs> trapped like me. I'm the trapper of all trappers. I am the trapper keeper. I always come with three rounds connected to pages. So, um, <clears throat> no, uh, but no, it's good to be here, man. It's good to be here. Um, IMAWord.com, that's where you can go find me. Go to the website. Make sure you follow me on all your social media hyperlinks and all that good stuff. Uh, check out the battles. Check out um, merch. Just about any and everything you can check out as an artist. I appreciate it. If y'all would just follow, like, subscribe to YouTube. Everything's IMAWord. So, uh, thank you guys for the support. Good to be back in the flow of getting the podcast done weekly. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's a good time for sports right now as well. Good time for battle rap. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yes. And for those who are who rock with us since day one, we appreciate you to those who are new. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, we got a, a good show for you tonight. Uh, we're doing things a little bit differently. Shout out to Jarvis in the building. We're doing things a little bit differently than we used to do them. If you tune into the show, obviously, you know, we used to start. <laughs> we used to start each episode uh, with what I learned and then we get into what a Ward is looking forward to. But we're doing like I said, we're doing things a little bit differently this time around. New year, new us. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so right now we got a little bit of a, a little bit of a pregame where we're going to we have three topics. We got three topics. Um Kind of like battle rap style. We got three minutes hard cap. So at the three minute mark, whatever we're talking about, it's done. We're moving on to the next topic. So um, we're going to start with some news around not only sports, but also battle rap. And so the only thing I have on the docket today from a battle rap perspective, um, <laughs> from a battle rap perspective, um, is yeah. Midnight Madness is going down. This weekend um, in Atlanta, undisclosed location, only 60 people. That is hilarious. Only you got to get you. You got to get like the little Maybach, John. So it just kind of pops up out of the (laughs) desk like the Maybach logo. (laughs) Um, Yo, but shout out to Battle Rap Trap. Um, They do have the streets. They are back. Shout out to uh, London Gin. Um, Dang, I forgot his homie's name. So please forgive me. Charge it in my head. And will, 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 will. No, will, not will. will. It's the other young gentleman. I know Will is normally behind the camera. It's the other guy. I can't think of his name. He he has the uh, 
Trapsolutely. Um, Splizzy? Is it Splizzy or is it the... You're close on the name, so please forgive us for, for messing up your name. I apologize. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah shout nice. out to uh, Verified Source. I know that's the show that they have on Caffeine. Shout out to them for the Trap Awards, uh, for you being the toady. Uh, the Trapper of the Year. So I want to definitely shout that out. But speaking of Battle Rap, Midnight Madness going down this weekend in Atlanta, Georgia. Only 60 people allowed. Apparently only mid approved Midnight Madness media. You can, I guess other media can be outside the venue, but I guess it's kind of an old school feel um, of you won't know what happens until uh, it drops or until somebody talks about it. So um so, yeah, so going down, let's run through. Let me get the clock set up because we got three minutes, three minutes hard cap. We're just going to run through the list of battles. We'll give our quick uh, take on them, and we can we can keep it moving. So here we go. First up, Midnight Madness battle is someone called Just Cuz versus Hustle. Not Miss Hustle, Hustle. Um, I'll turn it over to you because I know nothing about either of these individuals, but they were good enough or they talked their way or into Midnight Madness. And so salute to them. So just cause versus hustle, who you got? <laughs> do you uh do you know if they're all all three rounds? What are the what are the, the battles? Do I know? do not know that. I do not know the stipulations. I am not I'm unaware. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh just cause and hustle. Um, since I am, uh, I don't know if you guys knew, I am the 2021 trapper of the year. Um, one thing about people that trap is, is, is hustling is like kind of like a synonym for trapping. And so since I don't know, um, hustle or just cause I'm a little bit torn because just cause his initials are JC and, uh, so are Jesus Christ. And I, I, I love him. Um, man, I'm going hustle to one just based off of uh, uh assuming that that um that he wins or she wins whichever one so um i'm going to go with just cuz because i have no idea um again i'm interested to see both of these mcs and see how they do so shout out to them all right next up j2 versus bad news some battlers i'm a little bit more familiar with who you got i got bad news i got bad news i haven't seen bad news in a while Shout out to Bad News. Um, yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been since he battled Street Hymns. So um, I like Bad News. I like his aggression. Um, I don't know what J2 could really say to Bad News. Bad News is definitely has the believability, the kind of like aura around him a little bit, you know. So um, coming from J2 and who J2, the content that he uses and different things like that, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going with, I'm going with Bad News in, a, in edging out a battle. I do think it could possibly be debatable, but I'm giving it. Uh, I'm gonna roll with bad news. Haven't seen him in a while. I think uh, J2 is not new to the scene, but he's a, a decent battler. But I'm gonna go bad news. Shuni versus Fendi. I'll go first. I do. I'm not. I'm unaware of Fendi's work. I'm pretty sure she's dope. But I'm going with Shuni just because I am more aware and experienced with her and her material, and I think she's gonna get the dub. Yeah, I'm going with Fendi. Um, I think the last time I saw Shuni, I don't know. I think she might have not uh, finished her rounds. And so I'm just I don't know Fendi that well, but I'm going with Fendi just based off of um I guess. All right, lightning round, because we got 20 seconds left. Drugs versus Trupo. Right. Who you got? Drugs. Uh I am gonna go drugs as well. Snake eyes versus none none. Who? <laughs> Snake eyes versus none none. Snake eyes, three oh. Uh, I'm going none, none, and then Big T versus Lucastro. Ah, we're almost out of time. Big T versus Lucastro. Castro, Castro. 
Castro. Okay, I am going Big T. All right, so y'all can let us know what y'all think, who y'all got in these Midnight Madness matchups. All right, let's jump to the NBA real quick. Are the Suns rising in the West? The Phoenix Suns have the best record in the NBA right now. They're 38-9. They are, they've won eight in a row, nine of their last ten. Should they be the favorites as we head into the All-Star break? Whose article did you steal that from? Are the suns rising in the West? <laughs> hey, you listen, I'm not the only one who got bars. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I know, right? Bit. I do a little bit. No, you know no, say, say, oh, well, no, no, who said that first, man? I need to know. <laughs> Are they the favorite coming out of the All Star break? Uh, Should no. that be the I favorite going, going into the All Star break? Oh, going into it. Yeah. Uh, no, I think the, the Golden State Warriors and um, Golden State probably is still the favorite to win it. Okay. They split um, the season. They split the season uh right now. Are they one and one in the season? I think they're one and one. They have not played a third time yet. Um Phoenix, I think I think they both were blowouts. I know Phoenix won the first game. Golden State blew them out like a couple of days later. Um so they are one and ones thus far. Phoenix is up three and a half games in the West right now on the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Steph Curry is a little bit of a shooting slump right now. Um, but I, Chris Paul, I think right now our first Early on the season, Steph Curry, as he was getting closer to that three-point uh, record, was seen mm-hmm. as the MVP favorite, as the guy that who's going to take that award. I feel like if they end up with the number one record in the West, which I believe will be for the second year in a row. Oh no, the Jazz got it. Jazz got the number one seed. My fault. But if they end up with the best seed in the in the NBA this year, to me, Chris Paul, in a year where LeBron is playing great, but the Lakers are not as good. Um, in a year where Jokic is having another MVP season, but they're not as good. Um, Milwaukee's top three. John oh, man. John <laughs> yeah, you, you know, shout out to John, man. John, they're great. Let me look up the standings real quick and see where, where they are standings-wise because they're I third. feel like they're third seed right now. I think they got to finish second. Uh, if they don't finish second, I'm not sure that that mm. – granted, as great of a season as Ja is having. Um, and, and shout out to Ja. Like, that's – when Russell Westbrook finally hangs it up, that's going to be my favorite player in the league to follow and watch. But I just – I think they got to end up as a two seed. Maybe the one – it's going to be hard to make up six and a half games on the Suns because I don't – unless yeah. injuries set in, I don't see them falling back to the pack in, in such a fashion. But – I think Jaws top three. I think right now, for me, if I had to put together a ballot, I'm going to go CP3. Probably. Jokic. Yeah, I would say Jokic and maybe maybe LeBron. Just because, and I get it, the Lakers are a nine seed, but they would be the bottom of the West and one of the worst records in the league if it were not for LeBron James. Yeah, I'm not mad at that, but let's not forget DeMar DeRozan. Let's not hey, let's man, not hey. not use Demar Derozan's name because that guy deserves right. it. Take out LeBron, put Demar in the top three on that on that phase. So y'all, let us know what y'all think about that topic. All right, Major League Baseball. So normally, when you hear an umpire say play say play ball, that is a declarative statement to begin a baseball game. But right now, that declarative statement is in question. The MLB is in lock is locked out the players union right now. They're trying to reach an agreement. They have had some talks and back to back days, but nothing substantive towards a new deal. So I want to ask you if the Major League Baseball Association and the uh, 
players union, I'm sorry, and the owners are not able to strike a deal. Um, how does that affect the sport of baseball? I know you just saw that note from uh from I'm so Garden. mad. That, I'm so mad. I'm so mad we disrespected <laughs> Joel and B like that. That is so um he, I mean that is disrespectful. It's, it's it's a crowded field. It's a crowded field. So I, I do I, I agree with Jarvis's point there. But how do you think the, the lockout have. and not starting on time affects Major League Baseball? A couple of things. Spring training is supposed to start. Is it just me or does this happen like every other year? No, I mean, I think the last I think it's been 10 years of labor peace. This has been kind of broiling and coming. I mean, the union of all of the major sports leagues, the Major League Baseball Players Association and the owners have the most contentious relationship. It can get pretty heated mm -hmm. between the two. And this was coming down the line. We knew this was coming. And now it's just can they again, the season starts on March 31st. Can they get this together in time to get the season started on time? And if they don't, how does that affect them? I, I haven't really paid much attention to see if it's here or if it's here or like what is the, you know, are we way, way off? It's listen, way off. Listen, listen, listen. Watch my hands as they leave the screen. That's mm -hmm, how far mm -hmm. apart they are right now. They're not close right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, baseball's known to strike before. So, why, you know, why not? And I, I don't, you know, I, I would love to see. I love spring. I love spring training. I love, you know, uh, opening day at the K. Like I would uh, Jarvis is in here watching like and that's that's the kind of guy right now that we need really to just send a link to and pop up on the show and, and talk about it. <laughs> um, you know what? You know what? Maybe if we if we get if we have time next week, we'll get yeah. Jarvis on to talk about it because he is a lot more knowledgeable about these things than. Yeah. Here's the thing I'll say about about the strike and the lockout right now. Listen, baseball, I would say it's probably if you of the professional sports it's number three behind the NFL and the NBA. Right now, you have everyone in what in what in popularity. I don't think that's think I don't so? think that's in question. Yeah, I don't think that's in question. Really? Hmm. Yes. I don't think that's in question. I think the NBA is the second most popular sport in America. And then then MLB is third. I'm pretty sure if we look at okay. ratings, I think I think I think MLB might be second. I think if you look at ratings and social media uh, presence, I don't think it's close between those two. But we can we can research we can research that and find out. Here's the thing I'll say: well, I think for I think for this I think for the social media generation, yeah, probably. But baseball is just like the greatest pastime, so I think maybe. But yeah, keyword pass. So we got a couple of seconds, and I close this out. Here's <laughs> the thing. We're just talking. We are coming off a weekend where people are talking about the NFL potentially having the greatest weekend ever of football. Um, the NBA, you have maybe you don't have a super team that everyone wants to follow and loves to hate, but you have compelling characters there. The Bulls are back. The Knicks maybe not as back as they were last year, but they're interesting and compelling. You got obviously Steph is back. Clay is back. LeBron and the Lakers issues. All these different storylines around those two sports. If you're Major League Baseball, you cannot afford to lock yourself out and fall even further behind, in my opinion, those two major sports. You risk alienating those who are diehards and losing those casuals. They got to get this resolved, get back into get back into these meetings, get from here to here, get a deal done and get this season started on time. Because anything if starting in May, I'm sorry, April, May, June, 
you risk not only screwing up the schedule for the season, but also losing more of your fan base. So that's my take on Major League Baseball and their issues. Also, shout out to David Ortiz, who was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, the only member to make it. No Big bonds, copy. no Clemens, no shilling. Um, <laughs> no bonds, no Clemens, no <laughs> shilling. Um, and so he'll be enshrined on the next ballot. Those, I think bonds for sure moves to the, I think it's like the, the veterans committee to see if he can get in. So, uh, we'll see what happens there. Let us know what you think about those topics. And that is our pregame. All right, let's jump into our, our actual meat of the show. Pause. If, if you, if you kick it that way, let's jump into the <laughs> actual, you know, the thing we came here for, uh, NFL football divisional playoffs took on, went down this weekend. Listen, man, I first of all, let me say this. I think all of these games were entertaining to call it the the greatest. Yeah, okay, drivers. Okay, okay, okay. To call it the greatest weekend of football ever, um, I think is a stretch. But um, we'll go across the league and, and, and talk about each of these four games, and then we'll talk about the AFC NFC title games. So let's start with the first game of the weekend, Titans versus Bengals. Um, <laughs> Titans versus Bengals. Have you ever um, been to the Mayo Clinic and it became the Ayo Clinic? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to EK Loso and uh, Ace I mean in Great Area. If you haven't watched that show, go check it out. Um, Titans versus Bengals went down this weekend. Um, great, I shouldn't say great game, entertaining game, interesting game. We mm-hmm. talked about that game. I think we both picked the Titans. I mentioned mm-hmm. in particular that the game was going to come down to the front four. I thought the Titans would win the game because their front four was going to create pressure, sack Joe Burrow, and they did that nine times. Not nine one, of them things. not two, not three, nine times, and somehow they still lost the game. And, man, um, I'm sick of the Titans. I, I just got to – they are the Wisconsin of the NFL. Their offense, and when I say that, I mean offensively. Their offense is offensive. Um, if you sack someone nine times, you should win a game by at least two touchdowns, if not more, because you are shutting down right. an offense. And the fact that I get it, Derrick Henry came back. He was okay. Um, Dontrell here was okay. No, but... I wouldn't say Derrick Henry was okay. I would say he was mediocre. Think he was mediocre? I'm look up, let me look yeah, up the stats from that game. But I just I just feel like the Titans are never going to be taken seriously. They're never going to be seen as a threat. You're right, 20 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. They're never going to be taken serious as a threat because their offense, when you have to have it, when you're playing great teams, they can't get the job done. Uh, what do you think? I think that, um, <clears throat> well, one, I think that we noticed Tannehill threw three interceptions. Um, True. First play of the game was an interception. The, the 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 last pass that sealed it was was an interception. Um, so when you start that way, even with nine sacks, it's kind of hard to overcome. I tweeted out that you know just the idea of starting Derrick Henry that maybe they rushed him back too soon, and I thought that was a problem. Um, I actually thought Foreman when ha- when he had the ball ran the ball much better um, than Derrick Henry did um, at times. Um, their their offense is built on you know uh, getting a lead and keeping a lead. Um, and when you're giving the ball away and when you're not running the ball effectively, they just become a very uh, mediocre team. You know, uh, they have a Tannehill is a serviceable quarterback, but he's not a quarterback that wins you games in the playoffs against, you know, other good teams. Um, that, that's just kind of how it is. So uh, I, I wanted Tennessee to win. 
Uh, it's, it's so disrespectful to that defensive line and nine sacks, man. I don't know. I don't know what the average possessions of game it is, but I wonder if they like literally had a sack on every possession that they had the ball and somehow overcame that and still won the game. Yo, so a couple of things. You're right. It was Dante Foreman, not Dontre Hilliard. He had four carries for 66 yards. Yeah. Um, I man, I tweeted after the game like, if I'm the defense, I'm telling the offense to square up. Like, you got to run my fade. Like, you cannot. Yeah. You cannot. You know, 19 points total. Nine sacks. I gave you every opportunity available to win this game, and you could not get it done. Um, Jarvis said they yeah. got at Tannehill. I think I put that on the screen earlier, but I'll I throw it back up there. I, I get that they got at Tannehill, but again, like you're the – was a lot of pressure on him. I don't – I mean, there was pressure, but, I mean, again, so two of his three interceptions were tipped passes, right? I mean, the one that – Sealed the game basically went off the hands of the wide receiver. The second one, yeah, he forced it though. You know, I, I'm I'm all, I'm all about giving the quarterback the benefit of the doubt, but he forced that pass in there trying to make a play. You know, um, and and I mean, he let it go before the comeback, before the guy got turned around, and the defensive back made a great play on it. So I don't I don't really fault the wide receiver in that pass. It, it was definitely forced, and it's like kind of knowing knowing where you're at on the field at that point in time, and knowing is that worth the risk? And obviously, it wasn't. But yeah, and, you know, shout-out to Joe Burrow because I'm going to tell you, man, like, after nine sacks, man, like, I'm looking at the at the offensive line and being like, hey, did I do something to y'all? Like, I got y'all Rolexes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need them back. <laughs> I'm going to need them back. Like, <laughs> y'all, not, y'all, y'all not helping your boy out. So, I mean, you know, yeah. like, shout-out to him. Shout-out to Jamar Chase, who is a beast, bro. Like, that, that guy. We're going to talk about him a little bit more when we get to the Chiefs game. But that guy right there, that guy, amazing, amazing. Um, speaking of a yo, while we're talking, I got a DM from some random account that says, hello, madam. How are you doing today? Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. All right. Let's jump into the second game of the weekend. 49ers versus Packers. Um, as most of you know, if you follow the show for some time, I am a San Francisco 49ers fan. Shout out to the Niners Nation, Niners gang. Um, and I did not watch this game for Christmas. I bought my wife tickets to go see the musical Wicked. Um, it was dope. But I did not expect, one, the Niners to make the playoffs the way they were playing at the time I purchased the tickets. Um, I did not expect them to beat Dallas. Well, I thought – no, I thought they would beat Dallas. I'm, that's not true. I thought they would beat Dallas. I just didn't expect that they would be playing at the same time I was at the musical. So while that game took place, I was in a in the uh, Casey Music Hall watching Wicked. Very good show. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. Um, and when I got out of the musical, I saw that my team had won by blocking a punt. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo showing up uh, at finally and throwing two crisp passes, two of them, two crisp passes. The rest were running plays and Robbie Gold kicking the game winning field goal. Um, your thoughts on that game, 49ers versus Packers, and I give mine. Man, I think that game was more about like the failure of Aaron Rodgers than it was like the the actual, you know, emergence of the San Francisco 49ers. Like I don't I didn't go into this this week thinking the Niners are playing amazing football and, you know, they, you know, they are just, you know, I think it was more so just, uh, just Green Bay at home, just basically just not showing up. And uh, it's wild. You know, I didn't know the stat beforehand that he was 0-3 against the Niners in the playoffs. Um, And now, you know, now Aaron Rodgers is 0-4 against the Niners in the playoffs. Um, He's literally what he's already 1-4 in, uh, in, NFC championship games. 
Um, and now he doesn't even, you know, he doesn't even reach the NFC Championship game. So, like, to me, watching that game was more about, like, um, especially after the weekend, realizing the quarterbacks like Allen and Mahomes um, and how they, they came in and take over games and they, they put their footprint on the game and, and not seeing Aaron Rodgers do that at all against uh, a team that basically backed into the playoffs. Um, like I said, my confidence meter with the 49ers going forward is not huge at all. They do have a solid defense. I do think they have a solid defense. Um, they have playmakers. Debo Samuel is a dog. Um, Elijah Mitchell is, 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 is able to, you know, get the job done as a running back. back. Um, but yeah, I think to me, it was more, I think it was to me more about the Packers um, ineptitude uh, and, and, and how they basically just laid an egg in the playoffs. Shout out to that five dollar Scrabble word there you just pulled out with ineptitude. Um, hey. yo, shout out to Ricky, our homie Ricky. You know, Ricky after the 49ers beat the Cowboys, he said it was luck. And then once I got out out the theater and saw that they had won the game, I tweeted at him and said, "Was that luck also?" And he said, "Yes, that they were simply delaying the inevitable." And Ricky, I have a message for you. In order to delay the inevitable, you know what you have to do. You have to win. You have to win the hey. game. And that's what the 49ers have done. You play back to, back to win the game. As a six seed, they have now defeated the third overall seed in the NFC and the number one overall seed in the NFC. Mm -hmm. You know what their defense has done? They have taken the number one ranked defense, according to Pro Football Outsiders, in DVOA, the number one ranked offense, and I think the number six ranked offense in DVOA in football, as ranked by Pro Football Outsiders, and kept them to 17 points and 10 points, respectfully. If that analytic was a little bit too advanced for you, let me break it down in, in another fashion. The Dallas Cowboys are the number one scoring offense in the NFL. The Green Bay Packers are top nine in the NFL. You know what their <laughs> defense did? Shut them down. I'm not mentioning an offense, and you know why I'm not mentioning an offense? Because 10 is at the helm of the offense. He is the guy, I think many times said, he is the guy who gets the A on the research paper that everyone does as a team, but he brings nothing to the table. He's not doing anything. He's not a net negative. He's not a net positive. He brings nothing to the table. I'll give him his credit. He made a couple of throws early in the game that his receivers dropped that they should have caught. He made the two passes to get them down the field. But when people talk to me about the 49ers, my response to them is the same. Every time I trust everything around Jimmy Garoppolo, I do not trust Jimmy Garoppolo. Me and Mike Shanahan, uh, Mike Shanahan, me and Kyle Shanahan have had a eh, eh relationship. It's been up and down this season. He's hitting his stride. The defense, I think, is playing over their head. They're playing out of their minds. You brought up Debo Samuel. Beast, Trent Williams, Beast, George Kittle, nice, Juwan James producing, Brandon Ayuk producing. I trust every single one of those guys except Jimmy Garoppolo. And when we get to talk about this uh, NFC <laughs> Championship game, I have no idea what's going to happen. I know that they'll be competitive, but I don't know if they're going to win simply because I cannot trust my quarterback. Yes, sir, like you about the to reason, say. The reason Ricky said luck. Is, is, is the reason, you know, that they're here is because luck is, is also the reason that they're not a Super Bowl uh, caliber team because they need somebody like Andrew Luck to be quarterback of their team. And then maybe <laughs> they could have that. So now we yeah. have to refer to him as Stimmy G. Stimmy. Remember when stimulus <laughs> checks were a thing, right? You know what the thing about stimulus checks are is they, they, they showed up like once or twice a year and we're all still just waiting to see if maybe they'll show up again. 
So that's that's why we have to call him Stimmy G because it's it's so unpredictable and it's so like you know what you can kind of give me that feeling sometimes uh, when it comes to you know when it comes to playing football. Um, but yes, he's he's just not good, you know. But shout out to the defense, shout out to to Holden, you know, Dak and Aaron Rodgers, two of the probably top, I would say, two of the top four quarterbacks in the NFC. Um, okay. Uh, uh, so shout out to them beating both of them on the road. In the playoffs, um, you can't take that away from Fred Warner. Incredible. Uh, just every, people just flying around and making plays. They're, they're fun to watch defensively. Um, but, yeah, I, like I said, my confidence meter going into next week, um, beating the Rams, is, is just not there just because Jimmy Garoppolo is still a quarterback. Yeah. All right. Let's go into Sunday's game. So the early game, Rams versus, Rams versus Buccaneers on NBC gave you that old school feel <laughs> with that uh, afternoon game happening on a Sunday with NBC broadcasting. Um, 27 to three. And so here's the thing, right? I was late in uploading the football portion of last week's podcast. Right. So when it was 27 to three, I got it uploaded before I went to dinner with uh, with the family. And I said, look, we went at that point. We had both gotten the Titans game wrong. We had both gotten the Packers game wrong. And I said, listen, we're probably going to go one. We're one and two right now with the Bills and Chiefs game pending. Um, and I count that one as a win because I thought they're not coming back. The defense has shut them down. And then all of a sudden, fumble, turnover, turnover. And then they just kept. <laughs> I'm like, are you guys really about to give Tom Brady another week of everyone just on his jock about how great he is and how it's never over with him and yada, 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 and all the storylines that you get with Brady. They were able to find that busted coverage. They hit Cooper Cup. They kicked the field goal. They win the game. Shout out to the Rams. And, and I, I, the, the story I've heard all week is that's why you signed Matt Stafford for that pass, that throw right there to Cooper Cup. Those threw two throws. Good for him. Um, but, bro, you almost were the quarterback who blew the whole thing along with the defense. So, Shout out to them. Your mm, I don't know that. I don't know that. I don't know that I would say Matt Stafford blew the game. I mean, Cam Akers fumbled twice. There's a 14 true, point true. swing on the first fumble. Fumble. The second fumble is literally like you know down and you know the time of the you know the clock and true, you're running true. through it and I'm a consumed falling. Yeah, and then let's not get like how do you kick a 47 yard field goal short? Like, like, how is Matt Gay four <laughs> yards short on a 47-yard field goal? I promise you there's only been a handful of times in my life where I ever watched, like, football and really said, this might be rigged. This really might be – like, I really might buy into all – when he kicks a short 47-yard field goal, I was like, oh, no, this is – this is this, what's going on right now? You know, what is going on? Yeah. Last week I said Stafford's going to Stafford and Brady's going to Brady. Well, everything started falling in place in the fourth quarter for Brady to Brady. It's just that <laughs> they scored too quick and then there was a blown coverage and Stafford, you know, Stafford put it on the money. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> it was, that was a nice yeah, It was a great throw. It was a great throw. You're right. I had to walk that back. Stafford did not Stafford because the third – three of that – what that – Three of the four turnovers were fumbles, with the third one being a his center snapping the ball before he was ready and going 10 yards over his head and then not yeah. being able to recover it. So you're right. You're absolutely this, right on that. This is rigged, bro. There's no way, bro. You snap over his head, 47-yard field goal short, a freaking Ndamukong Sue falling over, pulling the dang ball. Man, I was mad. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure if people in Detroit were watching that game and going, Matt Stafford is cursed. 
<laughs> He's cursed. Yeah. That's the only thing that makes sense of what's happening right now. Yeah. Again, shout out to the Rams, and uh, let's uh, let's get to the game we all want to talk about here. The game, the game of the year, the game of the century. Uh, in my opinion, the greatest game ever, uh, greatest football game I've ever seen in my life. Bills versus Chiefs, an incredible affair, 42-36 overtime thriller. Um, let's just jump to the fourth quarter. We can just start there. The back and forth, 25 points scored in the fourth quarter. And as I watched the in game, the last two minutes, right? In the last two minutes, three lead change was it three lead changes the last two minutes? Um something like that, yeah. I thought when he hit Gabriel Davis for that touchdown, I thought that's it. That that's ball game. Yeah. And I think everybody in the stadium did. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a group chat with some Chiefs fans and I held back. I had the I'm sorry, y'all post ready to send. Um, Dre, the, our homie Dre, he hits me up in the DM. He goes, can they get in field goal range from here? I said, only if Jesus intervenes. <laughs> when he completed the first pass, he sent me the eyes emoji. I said, Jesus hasn't intervened yet. When he completed the pass to Kelsey, he sent me the eyes emoji again. I said, Jesus has not intervened yet. Then Wait, yeah, game, he had no, he hadn't because he st- Bucker still got to make the field goal and he had missed. Yeah, but it's a forty. Moment. It's a forty-seven yard field goal though. He had missed one from fifty. No, 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 no. Okay, my bad. I, he asked you, "Can they get in field goal range?" And you said, right. "Only if Jesus intervened." Well, so they, yeah, they, they were in clear were field, in goal field goal range. range. But you still had to have that last part of it to complete the the comeback. They get that. They kick the field goal, and he goes, "Bruh!" And I went, "Dog!" Like I just couldn't believe what I saw. Um, I want to say this about the play of I almost said Aaron Rodgers, the play of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. This was the greatest quarterback play I've ever seen in my life. I felt this on a spiritual level, right? Like I feel like at the end of that game, God sat on his throne and he said, amen. This was very good. This was a masterpiece. This is like listening to uh, Stevie Wonder's song in the key of life for the first time. This is like listening to Luciano Pavarotti sing in an opera for the first time. And he hits that high note and you are just like, you feel like you see the heavens open up, right? Like this is like listening to Illmatic for the first time in your life. Watch whatever film masterpiece you want to compare it to. It was that. It was unbelievable. And I don't like as much to hear people talk about what defenses did wrong, that the defenses weren't apt, that they weren't good. You were literally at the mercy of two masters who were at the top of their game and there was nothing you could do about it. You were at their women mercy. And whether or not they the game was won or lost just depended on if the players around them could execute when the passes were thrown to them or could the offensive lines protect and do what they needed to do. Yeah, <clears throat> no, I agree. I agree. Uh, definitely. Uh, I uh, <clears throat> Once it was 13 seconds to go, I was like, two plays. You got two plays. You know, I knew they had two plays. Uh, I, thought, I thought for sure, I thought for sure it would be a pooch kick or a squib kick or something. I thought for sure because I'm like, you know what? In my mind, a play is five to six seconds. If you can get two seconds off of the clock and get it down to 11, now you've really made it tough on that first play to have to drop at with six seconds to go. You know what I mean? Um, so I, whenever it was 13 seconds, I was like, oh, they got two plays. You know, I, I thought they were going to end up kicking a, a 58-yard field goal rather than a 48-yard field goal, which they, they should have. <laughs> um, but, I mean, obviously great, great um, – by Travis Kelsey to, to to see the field on the play before and to 
to lengthen that out a little bit. But um, yeah, man, uh, it, it was it was man, it was one of those games where if you're a Bills fan or a Chiefs fan, it, you're like, why do I do this to myself? You know, like man. you have your blood pressure cuff on, you're checking your you know your anxiety, you're taking your meds and everything. You you wake up the next day and you're like, wow, sports, like really? <laughs> I care that much. Um, but it was a it was a joy to watch. It was. Um, I watched it with with Los and Los is a Cowboys fan, but I mean, obviously, watched it at Ugly Joe's with the place packed out with Chiefs fans and stuff. So, just yep. to see people just so just going crazy, um, it was definitely definitely a, a lot of fun. And like you said, it was it was literally it sucks somebody had to lose that game with how well Josh Allen uh, um, played um, because they literally. Um, Lost to the Chiefs last year, right? And and they yep. come back this year, and they're they, they're better, they're bigger, they're better, their defense is better. They're every, you know, they they've done all of this. So that in this game, these are the games they win, and they still lose. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, what? How do like how do you go back to the drawing board after this year and say, well, next year we'll get them? When this was like, you know, you literally played the best offensive, you know, again. Yeah, it just it's just it's got to be just gut wrenching. So. Um, listen, but yeah, uh, thank God for football because man, that was, that was probably the best game I've ever seen live. It's probably, if I'm looking at it from like a, a, a sports fan, I'm obviously I'm a fan of Tennessee. So I've, I've seen games live that I, the greatest games ever because we won, you know? Um, right. but like sports wise, just the back and forth is probably the greatest game I've ever seen live. Listen, man, I, um, I I empathize with Bills fans because you have to think with 13 seconds left, you won the game, right? If you want to say they made a tactical mistake by not playing the middle of the field, by protecting the sideline, because the Chiefs still had three timeouts. So you didn't have to protect and play true. the sideline. Two. But yeah, they had two, two, yeah. two timeouts. But yeah. um, the only thing it, that comes close to me of having that kind of gut punches, being a Cubs fan and them blowing – game six and seven to the Marlins back in 03. And last time I ever cried over a sporting event was the Chicago Cubs blowing that lead um, game seven in Wrigley Field to the Marlins. So I, Bills fans, my heart goes out to you. Hopefully this isn't one of those, either one or two things happened at this point. Like this is a, I guess, a sliding glass door moment, if you will. Either they mature from this, they come back, they finally get over that hump and beat the Chiefs, or they crumble. Uh, and I hope it's not yeah. the latter. I hope it's not the latter, but that's one of those franchise altering losses that I don't one or two things are gonna happen. I don't think there's any in between on those two. Man, let us know what y'all think about it. But let that. me look at as a Bills fan though, I mean, as a Bills fan, you know, they're the Bills, you know, they lose the big games, you know. That's that's kind of a Bills thing to do, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. So they they've they've dealt with that for, for years as well. And it's crazy how the fortunes of the Chiefs have turned because I feel like a couple of those, I mean, to me, all all four of the teams that lost, like those are ways that the Chiefs used to lose games, right? Defense completely dominates, mm -hmm. um, but your offense can't get on track. That's Tennessee. Um, mm -hmm. You know, defense, again, another defensive slugfest in the Packers and the Niners. And of all the ways to lose a game, it's because a, a, a punt gets blocked, right? Mm -hmm. um, gut punch game like this against the Bills. And then I guess, am I missing one? Oh, Buccaneers, right? You make this, have this unbelievable comeback, and then just to lose it in the end. So yeah. I feel like the Chiefs had that kind of 
horror, you know, house of horrors when it came to losing in, in gut punching ways and gut wrenching ways in the playoffs. And now it seems to be everybody else that has those types of losses. So, all right, let's jump into the NFC and AFC title game. We're starting the NFC first 49ers versus Rams. We've kind of hinted at what our picks are, but I'll start with you 49ers versus Rams at SoFi, but it will probably be a neutral game or maybe another <laughs> home game for the 49ers. They are rumored uh, that maybe 65% of the fans in the stadium will be 49ers fans. So who you got in that game? Yeah, I got the Rams. I got the Rams. I think um, <clears throat> I think they're the better team, just, go, just going into it. I think all around they're the better team. I think that they have um, a, a better defense than, than what the Green Bay Packers had, and I think that, um, that their defensive line will probably – uh, make the adjustments. Ramsey on um, Debo, but they're going to find ways to getting the ball out of the backfield. So he ha- doesn't have to, go, you know, um, he doesn't have to, you know, put Jimmy Garoppolo in positions to throw picks to Ramsey. So, but yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking the Rams by, I'll give them, I'll give them a touchdown. So I'll take them by six and a half. Uh, Don't do it. Keep picking against them. Beating a team three times in a row is incredibly hard to do. I'm not sure how many times that has happened in an NFL season. I have to look that up. Um, beating a team seven times in a row, which is what they've beaten them six times in a row, is what the Niners have done to the Rams, is incredibly hard. I think this game is going to be close. I think it's going to be close for all four quarters, in part because uh, the 49ers play a style of football, like we talked about last week, that allows them to stay in most games. Um, yet I disagree. Uh, I think the Rams have better star power overall, but I think the Packers might have a better overall defense. Um, I think <laughs> that the 49ers can run the ball on the Rams. They've proven that in two games this year. Um, I think they'll be able to do to do so again and play some ball control. Um I think defensively, they can get pressure by sending only four. They don't have to blitz, where Stafford is really good against the blitz. But with all that said, their quarterback is still Jimmy Garoppolo, and I cannot – the way he's playing right now – like someone posted stats. Trent Dilfer, the year they won the Super Bowl with the Ravens, is playing better football than Jimmy Garoppolo. Debo Samuel, on top of being everything for the uh, for the 49ers right now, he's also their leading touchdown thrower. He's thrown the only touchdown pass for the 49ers in this playoff. Jimmy has yet to do so. So I'm going to pick the Rams simply because I'd say you cannot continue this streak. Like you cannot continue to beat this one team. And so I think this is the time I want to be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I think this is the time that the Rams finally get over the hump. And then we have a second consecutive home team playing in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. All right. So let's jump to Bengals versus Chiefs. Who do you got? I got Chiefs big. I think this is going to be a I think I think Chiefs are going to run, run away with this game. Um, and so I'm, I'm going with the chiefs. I think it's going to be a lot different than the first time they played, what, five weeks ago. I think it was about five weeks mm-hmm. ago, four or five weeks ago. Um, I think the chiefs will make the adjustments. I think that, uh, being home, uh, you know, Arrowhead stadium is just, it's electric, man. Um, and Mahomes has played in his now fourth straight AFC championship game. If there was one thing you noticed about Patrick Mahomes last week, man, this dude was Jordan esque. Like every time they panned to him on the sidelines, the dude was just cool, man. He was just unbothered. He was like, he just looked like 
you know what? Let's go do what I do. You know what I mean? And like, I just feel like that that's just kind of how, you know, that's going to kind of overflow into this weekend. I don't think they've cleared Matthew, but I think that he's, I think that he is he trending upwards today. to play this weekend. Yeah. He was yeah. on the field today. He's just got a clear uh, concussion protocol now. Yeah. So um, I think that'll be a, a, a big, a big thing, especially with those wide receivers, man. Um, if, if Gabriel Davis can, can put up 204 touchdowns while we're trying to stop Diggs, uh, then T Higgins can put up 408 touchdowns if we're trying to stop Jamar Chase. So I think it'll be a big point to, uh, to get, uh, Matthew back, but yeah, I'm taking the chiefs. I'm taking the chiefs by double digits. Man. I just, I just, you think, know, I think both of these games. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You said, go ahead. I was saying, I think both of these games are, I think both of these games are, are, are clear, like, like non, like. Uh, you know, the field goal wins or whatever. I think both of these games will be pretty much over, you know, going towards the, the, the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter. So I'm going to, I'm picking the Chiefs and I, I echo some of those same sentiments. Listen, if the Bengals want to show up and score 19 points against the Chiefs at home, try that if you want to, and it'll be 40 to 19 <laughs> final score. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I agree. I think the Chiefs, as long as they clean up the little mistakes that they made in that first game, their tackling was atrocious in that game, both in the open field and getting Joe Burrow down. They had multiple opportunities to sack him. They couldn't get him down. He was able to, to extend plays and then make plays. Um, I don't think there'll be as many penalties as there were in that first game. Um, and I think the Chiefs, you got it. They're, they're not going to sneak up on you now. I think they could have snuck up on them that first game and potentially beat them. I don't think there's no there isn't any sneaking up on them this time. I think they're going to come out. The defense spags is going to not be spags and be stubborn and run a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, single coverage one on one matchups. He's going to mix in more zone, allow his front four to get pressure. Chris Jones was a beast in that game an absolute beast for four quarters mm -hmm. allow those guys to make plays up front let the defense handle the rest and right now the chiefs deep offense is locked in they're locked in they're playing some of their best football of the season and i just don't think that the Bengals have enough their defense is going to be good enough to stop them maybe slow them down they were up 14 the first time all they got to do yeah. is finish off and i think they win that game um so y'all let us know what y'all think. <clears throat> yeah i agree Go ahead. You if the Chiefs even get four sacks, I mean, the, the, Burrow was sacked nine times. If the Chiefs get four or five sacks, it's going to be a long, you know, like, 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 don't give us nine. If we get half that, it's going to be, you know, um, it's going to be very, very, very tough. And then I did want to say, because you've mentioned the penalties, man, how mm -hmm. I, a lot of times we don't give the officials the benefit of the doubt, but they, I thought the officials officiated the Chiefs and Bills last week very, very well. You know what I mean? Um, it was just, it, it was just such a, uh, it was so fun to watch. It wasn't like, ah, oh, another flag, you know, uh, type mentality. And so uh, I'm definitely hoping that this week, you know, once again, they'll let them play, you know, um, and then, and, and, and it's a, it's a game that's called will. Yeah. I think after the wildcard weekend, I think there were definitely some concerns about the refereeing. Um, you know, the Raiders and the Bengals game had some janky calls and things that happened in that game. So I'm glad to see that we got through this past weekend without, talking about the officials and the refereeing. So I'm ha very happy about that. Um, so let's close the show out. We're going to jump. You can let us know what y'all think about that. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, IG, at Brains and Bars, um, and let us know what you think about those topics, who you have on on those games. Hold on one second. 
Um, so let's jump into this last segment here. We got everybody loves the list. So let's jump into we got we want to jump into a couple of top five lists, right? And so on top of watching what we consider to be the greatest football game we've ever seen, um, I wanted to go through, and I don't know if you have a list, but I have a top five football games I've ever seen. So I'll go first, and if you got one, you can jump in. Okay. My top yeah. five, I'm going to go from five to one. Patriots versus Chiefs in 2009 AFC title game. I thought that game was incredibly compelling. You had Mahomes doing what he does again, 30-something seconds left. I think it was 37 seconds left. They needed a field goal to force overtime. He does that. Patriots win in overtime on the first possession. Texas versus USC, Vince Young game. Dramatic fourth down stop by the Longhorn defense. Uh, Vince Young leads him down to score a touchdown to win that game. Bush push game in 05. Also, USC versus Notre Dame. Probably one of the more sadder games of my life. Um, Matt Liner sneaks in at the end. Push by, which was illegal, by the way. I want to point that out. Yeah. It was, a, he was not supposed to do that. They should have threw a flag on that. Reggie Bush pushes Matt Liner into the end zone to win that game. 49ers versus Seattle, which prior to the Bills versus Chiefs, this is the 2014 NFC Championship game. This is the, don't you ever try me with a star receiver like Crabtree. Um, that <laughs> game, that Richard Sherman game, that was the greatest game I, football game I'd ever seen in my life. Um, and then obviously Bills versus Chiefs in 2014 or 2021. Um, that's the greatest uh, football game I've ever seen. How about yourself? Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I think watching uh, the Bills and the Chiefs is possibly the best game I've ever seen. Um, as far as in person, I watched Tennessee uh, beat Arkansas uh, in six overtimes um, in Jason Witten. This is back. This is back. Uh, I think even before you had to go for two. Um, but yeah, uh, Jason Witten caught like a, a touchdown pass to win the game. Probably the craziest game I've ever seen in person. Um, another game I like to mention is Oklahoma versus Boise State. That bowl game with the famous Statue of Liberty play, the hook and ladder, um, quite possibly one of the greatest games I ever watched. Um, and then not to be – are we are we talking specific to football right now? Uh, yeah, specific to football. But if you want to go off the board, okay. Man. I was going to go UConn and Syracuse um, in uh, – was it the Big East Championship? Uh, that's the Kimball Walker – are you talking about the Kimball Walker game or yeah. the six-overtime game? yeah. Yes, the six overtime, and that that's possibly that's definitely probably top five of of just sporting games that I've ever I've ever watched. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. So y'all, let us know what y'all think um, about what are your the five greatest. And if you want to expand, I'll go off the board and do uh, other sports. You can, but if you have the five greatest football games you ever seen, hit us up on IG, Twitter, Facebook at Brains and Bars. All right, so last top five list, and we'll call it a night. You, this is something that you posted, so I'm interested to get your take on yeah. this. And we had some dialogue and back and forth on it. Top five rookies who are left in the NFL playoffs. So uh, my top five list, going from five to one, Trey Smith, the guard, right guard for the Chiefs. <clears throat> he's been good this year. Elijah Mitchell, running back for the 49ers. Six-round pick out of Louisiana. Trey Sermon was supposed to be that guy, but it ended up being Elijah yep. Mitchell who was that guy. Nick Bolton, Trey Sermon got hurt. He did get hurt, but he was in a doghouse for a good portion of the season as well. Oh, was he? Um, okay. Yes. Nick Bolton, uh, middle linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, I was kind of skeptical of the pick. He ended up being the guy, though. Uh, he's going to be the guy in the middle for the Chiefs for a very long time. Creed Humphrey, who if it were not for my number one, 
might be the rookie of the year um, offensively. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the potential and probably probable rookie of the year, Jamar Chase for the Bengals. Um, that's my top five. Who you got? Yeah, mine doesn't deviate. Uh, mine doesn't. I mean, mine's pretty much the same. I mean, uh, the same the same five guys. Um, I just mentioned, you know, guys like Evan Pearson that we talked about on uh, on Twitter. Um, just, I mean, in a in a time where you just had the greatest weekend of all time of football, and one, two, uh, three, three of them were all won by field goals. You know, like it. it, it, it that doesn't happen. I know field goal kickers are looked at a certain way, but like it's 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 either the goat or the the goose. I don't know if that's even a phrase or whatever. It's like it, you know, there's something that's either the this or that. I mean, you know what I mean? Like I I would say either goat or scapegoat. I mean, I think you can use goat for both. Yeah, yeah. And so um, you know, uh, I think Evan McPherson's been really really good for the Bengals this year. In a weekend where a lot of people missed field goals and just had rough times. Um. <clears throat> There's a guy. This and this guy was. Um, I was just kind of. I was looking up whenever I was actually made the tweet or whatever. But there is a guy who's been playing well on special teams for the Rams, and his last name is like Skrowitz. S K R O. You know Ben Skaronic. Ben Skaronic. He played. Yeah, and he, he, Notre Dame. he's made a. He's made a couple good catches too that I've noticed. Uh, you know, here and there. He's obviously not top five material, but I was trying to think of you know different rookies because the Rams don't really have a lot of. I don't know pick wise if they had a lot that they chose, you know. Taylor but, um, Rapp was their starting safety, so he's been hurt, so he hasn't played in the playoffs to this mm-hmm. point. But Taylor Rapp has been starting for them a lot this year, so you know they're okay. The, you you gotta search, but you can find them. But yeah, but when you, you look at love, when you look at shout out to you, Sean, Notre Dame special teams. No, well, I mean that oh. too, but <laughs> shout out to you, Sean, <laughs> some love to the special teamers, man. We appreciate that. Yeah. No, no doubt, no doubt. And so, yeah, that's. What I just want to say, if there was a few that deserved to be named, because obviously, <laughs> let's go, Vince Bay. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, guys like, I mean, the Chiefs had, you know, Smith, Creed, and um, Bolton, and that's just, mm-hmm. I mean, that just turned out to be an incredible draft class that, to pick pick up right. Creed and Smith late, and then not even have a first round pick, but pick up Bolton there in the second round, um, and then. Uh, I'm pretty much the rest of the teams. Uh, the Niners have, don't they have an offensive lineman that might be a rookie? Don't they have like a uh, yeah? Aaron Banks from Notre Dame. He has not started this okay. year, um, so he's been on the okay. bench all year. Um, I know Jalen Moore is a backup swing tackle for them, but Trey Sermon. I'm not sorry, not Trey Sermon, but uh, Elijah Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell and, has been uh, the guy. Um, he's been the guy. Yeah, but yo, that's our time, yeah. man. So Bay, and then you know, we 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 know. I mean, go ahead, go ahead. Now I say we and, and we we both know that Jamar Chase is just Jamar Chase is just otherworldly. He's just otherworldly. He literally is like uh, to 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 bring it full circle. Rum Nitty, we call him the alien, the battle rap. Like when I watched Jamar Chase play football, like the way he just caught that screen pass uh, last week, like casually, like leans his body out and just grabs it over here, and like in all one motion, he's already just gone. Like it it just when you watch him, you're like, oh, this dude's different, you know. And so Fact. that's why he's gonna be your rookie of the year. Facts, facts. So, Bay, no fanatic tonight. We'll maybe at some point we'll have a discussion about fanatic. Um, shout out to fanatic though. Obviously, we met him three years ago. Very nice gentleman, um, dope individual. But we'll, nope. we'll dive into that at some other time. We thank you guys for tuning in with us, joining in on this episode of It's a Black and White Thing. Please remember, you can check us out on 
all streaming platforms or YouTube just by searching at Brands and Bars. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, you can follow A Ward by going to his Twitter at IamAward.com. I'm sorry, I at IamAward, IamAward.com for all things merch, battle related information. Um, if and I'm not missing anything, thank you for tuning in to another episode of It's a Black and White thing with A1 and A Ward. We'll holler at y'all next week. We'll break down AFC, NFC title game and uh, talk about the Super Bowl. So until next time, we'll man, talk about easy. both of our teams going to the Super Bowl. I'm not sure. I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, God. I can't deal Orban. with it. If they beat the Niners again another time, I can't handle it. I can't deal with it. Right, we'll be all right. <laughs> but all right, man. Take care, man. Y'all take it easy.